uh, we are so thrilled. Archie and Sam uh, have been friends of ours for over 20 years. We absolutely love them and their family. They mean so much to us. And we could not be more thrilled that uh, to be handing over to Archie and Sam. And we want you to meet them. We want you to get to know them a bit. Some of you know them because uh, actually they have a long history of association with this church and with Focus. But uh, not all of you will have met them. And we, this is an opportunity for you to meet them and to hear from them. So would you give a very warm HGB welcome to Archie and Sam Coates. Come on, come on, come on. So, we want you to know everything about them. So, starting from birth. <laughs> uh, how long have we got? <laughs> I just want to say, Sam, I love your coat. Um, that's cheered me up. That's the most colour I've seen for a very long time. And um, I think that, that actually sums Sam up. She brings colour wherever she goes. Bring us in the air. So, Sam, um, tell us, you know, did you grow up in a Christian home? Where did you grow up? Um, so I'm a Brighton girl, so um, I'm leaving my hometown, um, but it's been a nice like, little diversion down to Brighton. But uh, no, my family uh, weren't Christians when I uh, first uh, came into the world, um, but actually um, their conversion was fairly dramatic, um, probably like some of you perhaps. Um, my parents um, had a sort of a crisis moment in their lives and um, their marriage was at a point where it was at a breaking point. And my dad found himself sitting uh, on a doorstep of a church down in Brighton. And he thought, well, this is sort of make or break time. And he thought, I'm going to bring the family back to this church on Sunday. And they weren't churchgoers at all. My mum particularly had no church background at all. My dad, I think, had attended as a choir boy um, when he was younger. Um, and I remember that Sunday very well. I remember what I wore, um, and my sister and my mum, we all had kind of slightly coordinated outfits. Um, and um, we went back to this little church in Shoreham, and it was a little C of E church, and everything changed on that day. Um, my family um, came to faith, and literally um, the atmosphere, I would say, in our family home changed as we met Jesus, and he came into our lives. And um, like you would know, the love of Jesus changes everything, doesn't it? And it was extraordinary. Um, my parents are, um, I mean, if you think I am... Uh, sort of full-on. Uh, they are potentially uh, even more radical. Um, they uh, went from being completely, I would say, uh, I'm, I'm have to be careful because they're going to be watching this, it's a live stream, but went from being very sort of partying way wayward um, <clears throat> uh, people to really full-on Christian, like they sold their property and lived in community and served those um, that were homeless and caught up in addictions and they've done that their whole lives. So a lot of fun. Uh, your mum's hair is the same colour as your coat, isn't it? It used to be. She's, <laughs> she's now like gone gracefully grey, but yes. Yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing, um, extraordinary people, yeah. And, yeah, they continue doing work with homeless and stuff. Yeah. Amazing, amazing what you come from. And you have a family of your own. Will you tell yes. us a little about that? We about have them? four children. Is there going to be a photo? Yeah, photo. Oh, oh, there we go. That's actually a little bit old now. They're a couple of years older than that. But, um, yeah, so we've got three boys and a girl. Um, 
Our daughter's actually in London um, now. She moved up ahead of us, so she's... One of them's a boxer. The youngest is really into boxing, so he's very excited to find a new um, gym up here. Um, I know, I don't, I don't know where he gets that from, but <coughs> he's... No, not from you. What are you saying? Um, <coughs> uh, yes, they're, they're very... They're all unique, and they're very excited about coming to London, so the three will be coming, and the eldest is probably going to stay in Brighton. And Archie, you come from a Christian family as well. Um, in fact... Um, your mum, every time I talk, talk uh, to her about you, she calls you Richard. Yeah. And she gets very upset if I call you Archie. No, um, well, Archie's my nickname. And not a lot of people know that. But I'm, everyone calls me Archie. But Richard is my real birth name. And um, actually, if you meet my mother, she's 86. You, you may meet her. Um, if you do, please, will you remember to call me Richard? Um, she'd really appreciate that. We, we, we were brought up in a Christian home. I'm the youngest of four. And uh, we came, I came here when I was uh, 14 years old with my mum and dad used to worship here. And uh, we, um, but it, we were brought up. Actually, it wasn't just going to church. You know, it was, Jesus was at the centre of our lives. I remember when uh, we were littler, um, after each breakfast, before my dad went out to work, uh, we all knelt, knelt, literally knelt at around the kitchen table at our chairs and he would lead family prayer. So it's been right at the heart of our family. And then when, so we came here when I was a teenager and then um, when I was about 18, I got a holiday job. I went to university here in the holidays as one of the Virgin team here. <laughs> and um, I was with, I was Sandy, Sandy Miller was the vicar then. And I always remember one of my jobs was on a Sunday night after the last service on a Sunday evening, uh, me and Sandy Miller, the vicar, um, it was pews then, not, not, not the chairs that we're sitting in now. And we had to look under every pew um, to make sure there wasn't somebody who was still left in church and wanted to sleep the night here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you came to be the curator and then the associate vicar. Yeah. Four years as our ne- wonderful years as for us as our neighbours. Oh, we got wonderful neighbours now as well. I didn't want to insult anybody, but but um, but it, we were, had such happy years with you. I, I, tell a story because one time, um, who was it? One of your children? I think it was Charlie, our, our oldest, was it? Yeah. He used to come and watch, well, you didn't watch, I can't think you ever watched TV, but he, he did come and ask to watch your TV. Cause you yeah, had, we watched the test match you had, you had Sky He was about Sports. that size, and he came and sat next to me yeah. and watched the cricket. Uh, were you thinking Which about... is what I do most of the time, just watch the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job, basically. Were you thinking about the Sandy story, though? <laughs> you, that, that one? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, when Charlie, he must have been, um, oh, probably eight, eight, six, seven years old. I remember... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some, he was with a friend in the um, HTB Gardens so, because we lived in the flat there. And um, uh, Sandy walked past. And uh, Charlie said to his little friend, um, that's Sandy. He goes to my daddy's church. <laughs> <laughs> and it was prophetic. Um, uh, so that, uh, yeah, so there, there was four years as a, uh, and then uh, Brighton. Oh, uh, just say a bit, bit about, yeah, well, Brighton. And say, uh, Pips, you... Yeah, well, uh, between us, we can Sorry, definitely I'm, ask... I'm you. talking too much. I'm going to take us back seat. No, never, Nikki, never. Um, uh, <laughs> but Sam, you're a bit like for your parents. You have a real heart for the, the poor and particularly for women. Would you talk to us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I've got a heart for anyone, really, but I think it was interesting moving to, back down to Brighton and from here. And actually, it was in, when we were still here, I felt like God, um, I, it was a ministry time at HTB and... Um, I felt God breaking my heart for women. Um, but I didn't really know the extent of what God was going to do until moving to Brighton. And we moved with our family and about 30 people. And within the first week of moving, there was a significant event that happened where a young girl, a girl called Mel, um, she was 23, um, she was a heroin addict and she was on the streets and she was found dead of an overdose, literally on the steps of our church. And for me, it was like, that one of those moments which kind of hits you in the heart and you just feel like not on our watch will the church be closed to women and men and women who are in that much pain and darkness. And so we, we were determined, I was determined to open up the church, particularly for those on the margins of society, um, those were that, that were that vulnerable. And so Safe Haven started and we started with a Saturday night meal, um, which men and women of any walks of life were um, open to come to. And then from that place, we started a women's drop-in, which is the thing that I've kind of pioneered, I suppose. And we've seen amazing growth with that. We've seen women come to faith, lives completely transformed, just as the love of Jesus comes into people's lives. And, um, you know, it's just... I suppose seeing people as God's children, whether they realise that or not, um, you just see people coming back to life as hope is kind of spoken over them. And, um, and that's what kind of brings me alive, is just seeing um, just people bridge to Jesus um, through his love being extended in different ways. And, and actually in this pandemic, we've seen extraordinary growth in that area. We turned the church into a, a warehouse really and delivered hampers across the city, extending the work that we've been doing just through the drop-ins. We extended that out across the hostels and across um, refuges and we're delivering like a thousand hampers and hot meals each week. And that's led to amazing, amazing partnerships in the cities because we've got brilliant services in Brighton because there is so much need. There is so much kind of deprivation there. But there's also, um, you know, we feel the kind of call to be kind of the light in the darkness down there to support those workers. And so we've now got a Hope and Wellness Centre and a cafe that's open to support those that are battling, but also to support the workers as well that are working in that area. And that's been an amazing thing that's come out of this last season. So it's exciting. I mean, the whole story of Brighton is an amazing one because uh, so this church built, it's it's the unofficial cathedral of Brighton. It was built by Sir Charles Barry between, well, designed by him between 1824 and 1828. Same same person who designed the Houses of Parliament. And this, this cathedral of Brighton was going to close. That was the plan. It was going to be closed it couldn't be sold because it was a listed building. It was going to be empty and closed. What does that say as people walk past it? It says the church is dead. And Archie and Sam went together with 30 people here in 2009. And as a res- there were seven people left in the congregation. And they went with those 30 people. And since 2009, it has just... <coughs> grown and flourished. We'll hear more about the story in a moment. But look at this. Here's, here's an article. This is what the, 
what we wanted, what they wanted was that instead of people walking past and saying the church is dead, people to walk past and say, Jesus is alive. And look at, here's the, the local newspaper. How dedicated team helped pull our city's cathedral back from the brink of closure. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so many people started coming. The church was packed out. It even caught the attention of The Economist magazine. This is what they... Go forth and multiply. And there's a picture of Archie Slicker Vicar. Slicker... So you've got the Slicker Vicar coming here. Great haircut. So, Slicker Vicar, how, yeah, how did that happen? And, and what's happened to... So not only has the church grown, flourished, all the things Sam was talking about, but also you've planted churches. Say a bit about that. Well, I mean, we, we were planted from here from HTB and uh, then we've been able to plant uh, within our city within Brighton and Hove um, to four different locations there but also a bit further afield to Hastings, uh, Crawley, Bognor Regis, uh, Portsmouth. Actually the, the Portsmouth one I think is particularly amazing in terms of actually what you've birthed from HTB because um, Portsmouth itself has planted several times within Portsmouth City, but also most recently to Cardiff. So you have a, we have a grandchild, you have a great-grandchild who is... You're all great-grandparents. You look too young, but you're great-grandparents. Um, so it's, it's amazing the multiplication uh, effect from, from here. Yeah, I mean, it just, just to get, you know, you, you've just talked about, you just sort of throw, throw away lines, but that's, you've planted eight churches, and one of those, Portsmouth, now has, I think, 1,200 people, um, and it's got five, um, how many churches are there? It's got several sites in the city. Several sites, planted into Cardiff, which itself has got five churches, um, and it's just amazing what's happened under your ministry. And every and, and the, you also have been running the, the whole network of the hundred churches that have been planted, the, all your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. That some of you didn't know you had great-grandchildren, but today you know you've got great-grandchildren. Um, uh, and you've been heading up that network, and we gather together at Focus. Say a bit about Focus, Sam. Well, I think Focus, I mean... It is amazing, isn't it? All these church plants that have been happening over, especially over a pandemic as well. And we've not been able to meet, focus, gather together as a, as a sort of great group of churches. And I think that's the exciting thing is gathering, um, calling on the name of Jesus, um, seeing his spirit come. And um, I'm really excited for focus because it's one of those times when you do see an outpouring of the spirit. You see... Um, we'll be gathering, having amazing um, sem seminars and just getting specialists coming in and talking to us about this new season that we're moving into. And so to be able to do that across the whole network of churches, I think is going to be phenomenal. At yeah, I, I think it's a pivotal time because we haven't been able to gather together and we, we've got to figure out how the church is going to be in this next season, you know, nationally. You know, what, what does a post-pandemic 21st century Christian look like? How, how do we meet the challenges that, in our culture? So we need to, we need to think about that. Also, we, we desperately need an encounter corporately, not just personally. We've been disconnected. We need an encounter with the Spirit that is going to kind of transform us, but also kind of gear us up for what the church, I think, needs to be. I, I, I think it's going to be one of those sort of I was there moments. I really do. And, and the planning that's going in, um, it's got all the fun and all that, but it's, it's, it's what I think the spirit is going to do. Um, the, the tagline is something extraordinary happens when we get together. 
uh, we've always found that. It seems to kind of lead to a surge in the vision that God's given us. So, yeah, we'd love you to be there. So we hope you'll all be there and focus at the end of July. And if you're watching this online and you are part of one of the Focus churches, part of one of the 104 churches that have been planted from here, we would love you too to come and join us at the end of July. Um, and uh, I don't keep every letter that I um, have ever received, but I do keep some that are particularly precious. I have one here from Archie, uh, August 2009, when he left. It was a wonderful letter he wrote, and I've quoted from it in the past. But I also have one from even earlier than that, 2005, from Sam. Um, and uh, you wrote this, Sam. Firstly, I'd love you both to know how thrilled Arch and I are to be part of this transition stage at HDB. Could be prophetic, couldn't it? Because that was a transition from Sandy to me. But of course, we're now in, they are st- they're part of the transition stage now in a different kind of way. And then it goes on to speak about your un- unfaltering loyalty, which you have shown all these years since two th- 2005, almost uh, 17 years. Uh, but then it ends with this sentence. We know HDB is our home and London is where we will serve out our ministry years. Isn't that amazing? And very exciting that these are going to be where you're going to serve out your ministry years, God willing. So we're really, really excited about that. And uh, right now we are in a moment, as we've been praying, in a moment of crisis. There's been a lot of storms, physical storms uh, out there, but there's also now this big uh, uh, world Uh, crisis storm. And Archie, I know you've been thinking a lot about this, praying about it, and particularly thinking around Psalm 46. Yeah, well, I was, um, actually, I was thinking about it in relation, initially, only last weekend, it seems a lifetime ago, Storm Eunice. I was thinking what a metaphor that was for so many of the storms that seem to be going on in life anyway, rocketing fuel prices and the cost of living. And then, of course, the greatest, Ukraine. And uh, what is our response, you know, both personally and as a church? And I was pondering, um, well, Psalm 46, I think particularly speaks. May may I read um, Psalm 46 uh, to you? Because I think it has an answer for how we're to be uh, when the storms of life happen. God says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I um, was just drawn to 
I suppose the question of what we do um, when storms happen in our lives, but also what we're seeing at the moment globally with Ukraine. And it says God is our, our, our help, very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. One of the things I appreciate about that is that God doesn't deny that there's trouble. You know, that's one of the things I like about being a Christian, actually. It's, a, it's, it's like rooted in reality, that there are wars and there is trouble and there are storms. But what he's inviting us to do, it seems to me, is to, to retune our hearts, our inner sense, to the unshakable nature of God. You know, what is your heart tuned to right now? Because if our hearts are tuned to anything other than the God who was and is and is to come, then we will continue to live dominated by fear. But if we tune our hearts to the unshakable nature, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble, then we will not fear. And the, I, think, I think God is inviting us personally, each one of us today, into a, a hurricane shelter in the storms of life uh, to tune our ourselves to the God of history, of eternity, who from everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, to, to find that sense of security. And that's how, you, that's how you arrive at verse 10 of Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. And we can live, well, we do actually live life in only one of two ways, either in fear of the future or in faith of the love of God. Uh, but, but the thing that interests me is what we do as well, not just personally, but together. Because it strikes me that when he says, be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He, he's attaching his greater sense of purpose to that. I will be, and in Luke 21, Jesus talks about times of storms and uncertainty and events he talks about nation rising against nation, fearful events he talks about. He talks about anguish and perplexity. And he says, when these things begin to happen, Jesus says, he says, stand up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing near. And for us, I think there's a call for us in this season. Um, when the storms and what we're seeing in Ukraine not to shrink back, not to hunker down, not to let fear drive us into the shadows as a church, but to stand up and lift up our heads for redemption is drawing near. And what would that mean for, for each one of us? Be, for I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And I think God is looking for a brave church. I don't think he's looking actually for superheroes or bulletproof people, but people who are just filled, like this morning, get filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the love that casts out fear. And if I may say so, just looking from the outside in to HTB, it strikes me that this is what you as a church have been so amazing at. You know, I think of the last two years in the pandemic, that great storm, how you have stood up and lifted up your head. The things that you've initiated through Love Your Neighbour, not just in London, but right through the nation. 
uh, the ways you've put things online so that people who would never have accessed the church have begun to... It's an amazing privilege that we have to introduce people to the hope of Jesus. It's what the, the role of the church is. And uh, you've been at the forefront of that. And I think this is another bit of this, to stand up, lift up our heads and see how God might want the church to be in this season. So those are my thoughts. Mm, Brilliant. Archie and Sam Coates. Yes. Well, let's do that. Shall we stand and let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us?